When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Old Bay is the most overrated seasoning on the face of the planet. It was nice having Dakota back for a minute, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck out of here, Dakota. Oh, is he gone? That's oh, yeah, 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 because I removed his ass. If he starts talking funny. shit on Old Bay, I'm going to do it again. <laughs> Antonio Conte, who is now in at Tottenham, back in English football today. Welcome into the Tottenham Depot. I am your host, Andrew. You can follow me at Aestetka. You can follow us at Tottenham Depot. You can do that on both Twitter and Instagram. Joined today by Scott, Dakota, and Caroline. Let's start by throwing it out to at DSM Spurs himself. Scott, what's going on, my friend? Not much, man. Just got done cleaning my kitchen and not a whole lot else. But Yeah, you had a lot of extra time in the second half of that match, didn't you? Yeah, I did. But it's good good to see you guys. I mean, I, it's kind of a normal day here in, in Seattle, right? But uh, we're, we're looking for positives and we're getting to hang out and talk Spurs. I guess that's the only positive to take from today. Yeah, we've all We've also got Dakota with us at Dakota J Booth on Twitter. Zach, what's up, my friend? Uh, I'll I'll steal Todd's line since you're looking for uh, for some positives. Any day you get to talk with your friends about Tottenham Hotspur is a good day, uh, but we won't we won't be uh, happy about the result or maybe even mention it. We might mention it in passing, but it's not super important today, right? I mean. So, certainly something we can get into, but uh, we, we'll talk about it. Uh, we're also happy to welcome back Caroline to the podcast at CG Stefko on Twitter. Caroline, how are you today? I am doing all right. Uh, just got back recently from a very, very quick road trip. So kind of still recovering from that and getting back into the swing of things. Well, but... we, we appreciate you taking the time to, to talk about whatever the hell that was today. For Tottenham Hotspur, um, let's let's start with I guess we talked a little bit in the pre-show about knowing that this was a second leg, knowing that Spurs were coming in down two goals to nil against Chelsea, and you know they come out of it a, a one nil loser today, three nil on aggregate. I guess for me, I didn't have much expectation going into this match that this was going to be uh, the resounding Spurs comeback that I think the more hopeful side of of Spurs fans were on. Um, but when I saw the lineup, um, Dakota, that gave me even less to be excited about. Oh, totally. You know, I, I wouldn't say I was optimistic or like expecting, you know, the, the five, one, uh, trouncing that was brought up, you know, on the broadcast a couple times today, um, that allowed Spurs to get into, you know, a league cup final, you know, however long ago, but once we saw the lineup and it really was the first name on the lineup sheet, I was like, Oh, well, this is what, this is what this game is. 
let's adjust our expectations. I no longer care about this game. I now immediately am caring much more. Uh, I, I could put all of my energy into caring about Sunday because that's the game that actually matters based on the first name on the team sheet. So that, that first name on the team sheet that you're referencing, of course, is, is Scotty's boy, Galini. Um, Scott, you want to <laughs> defend your, you, you want to defend your boy at all, or you want to just say he's no longer your boy. Are you ready to declare that he's, he's simply a rapper and not a goalkeeper? I, I feel like I've been saying forever and ever that those two things are distinctly separate. <laughs> And he's a great rapper, and he's a terrible goalkeeper, unfortunately. Um, Dude, basically, what's, basically, what's going on here is Scotty's boy does not have it going on. No, is, no, is the, it, the root. Yeah, and honestly, I mean, I was the first one to say, not the first one to say, like literally, I'm not saying I beat anyone to it. I'm just euphemism there, right? First, first one to say, like, holy shit, Galini's playing, we're fucked. Um, and it was at that point that I knew that the manager didn't even have any interest in winning this match. Um, it's it's which we'll get into that. Right. But my God, when, when I saw the lineup, well, first of all, I'll say this. We, we were down two nil. This tie was so underwhelming because of that. Like I totally forgot we played for the first hour and a half of my day. And usually I'm like pretty buzzing. I'm also battling the booster right now. So I feel like absolute shit, but so I think, you know, my mind's all over the place that with regards to that, but I like almost forgotten we played and, and I attribute that to the fact that we really didn't even need to play today, right? The tie was done. Um, but when you see that lineup, you know, for sure the tie's done. Um, you see Doherty on the left side, you know, there's absolutely nothing going down the left side. I said after the first leg, if we have any chance, we have to be dangerous down the flanks. We were the exact opposite of dangerous down the flanks today. When you take the ball, like where we were fucking like abysmal today was in transitions and what we were doing. If you if you want to play wide, you got to be ahead of the play. If you're not ahead of the play, don't play wide. Like you have to play through the middle if you're not ahead of the play. And we continuously played the ball wide when we were behind the play, right? Or our, our wingbacks were not ahead of the play is what I'm getting at, right? When I say ahead of the play, behind the play, I'm talking about the wingbacks. And we continuously played them the ball as if they were ahead of the play when they were not right. And then you have to shuffle the ball back to the inside of the field. And it just kind of recycles and, and rinses itself until you turn the ball over and get broken on and lose ultimately three nil across two legs. Right. Because the same thing happened for what's 90 times two, 180 minutes, right. The same shit. Um, and so I don't know, man, I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of getting back to where I was a year ago and a year ago before that, like, you know, circa the dismissal of Pochettino, where like I just couldn't be fucking arse to care about the what Tottenham matches at the moment, right? So we'll see. Like Dakota says, big one on Sunday, and maybe that can drag me back. I'm 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 really glad the booster's doing its job. I'm also glad that you think that uh it's the booster that caused you to think that we didn't play today when you never remember when we play, especially during midweek. So I'm uh, I'm, I'm glad that the booster's getting blamed for that. That that makes me laugh. Dude, I haven't left my house in a month, right? Like I never know <laughs> what's happening. I came off of quarantine, couldn't get a fucking test in Seattle. Like now, you know, here we are. But it's just all one long day and it's all one long Tottenham loss. And I just don't I don't even know which way's up. But oh man, you're 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 dragging me down. And I was I was not even like I was already pretty down uh coming into this one. Um Caroline, I, I want to let you like dissect the game itself because you said you had some thoughts on that. But before you do that, 
in terms of your expectation coming into this thing and then your expectation when you saw the lineup, I mean, Scott mentioned Doherty. I said, if you've got Doherty playing on the left when he's not left-footed, once again, this is just, you know, there's no Reggian even in the team. We don't know what's going on there. Sessegnon came on late. I just, I had no answers. What were your thoughts pre-match and then after the lineup came out? Well, I wasn't feeling confident coming into the game to begin with, just knowing that Dyer was still out son was out i feel like those are two of our most important players the other one obviously being hugo as we saw today um but as soon as i saw the lineup i was literally out grocery shopping and you know pulled it up on my phone and i said out loud to nobody we're throwing the game <laughs> because you know just like you said seeing that first name galini i was like we do not care about this game or conte clearly doesn't care about the game and I don't necessarily disagree. Like the North London Derby is so much more important in the grand scheme of the season. So I don't really blame Conte for kind of, you know, taking the foot off the gas for this one. But I mean, it's, it's kind of just demoralizing as a fan to like see that lineup in such an important game against one of our like most bitter rivals and just knowing like, it's not going to happen today. And it I guess the weird thing happen. for me, yeah, I guess the weird thing for me, though, is I, I agree with you. I, you see Golini and you see Doherty, which is what he put out there last week against Chelsea or not, uh, not Golini, but the Doherty part of it. And he still put out a, a, a representative team otherwise. So why are players, you know, when you're down three nil on aggregate late in that match, why are players like, you know, Lucas Mora and Harry Kane still on the pitch at that point? It, it was that was the part to me that was like if they really do just want to punt and kind of kick this, kick this can into next season with a, with a potential trophy. I mean, I guess the FA cup is still out there, but if you want to kick the league cup down the road, why, why, you know, it just, it, it was very strange to me. Yeah. I kind of thought that if he was going to go for this strategy of prioritizing the league game on the weekend, he may as well have just, left Lucas and Kane to be subs again like they were in the first leg because I think you know everyone on the team probably had the same mentality going into today's game of like we're not expected to win and you could kind of see it on the pitch like even you know Lucas and Kane like they weren't really pulling up trees so I think everybody had their eye on the game on the weekend subconsciously and the effort showed yeah I think part of <clears throat> Part of the the reason I think Kane and Lucas are in there is if you want to give yourself a, a kind of a shot. You know, we played really played really well the second half of last last week, um, or whenever it was first leg, and you know their two goals were basically two own goals from two terrible mistakes. You know, we saw a, a third one today. You know, I <laughs> they they half earned their first goal and then we gifted them the other two. So. Um, you know, with Lucas and Kane on the pitch, there's always, always a chance, you know, and we saw that we had two penalty decisions overturned on VAR. One of them a lot more arguable than the other. <laughs> the other one was never a penalty and should have never even gone to, uh, gone to, to VAR should have been not to mention the offside decision. call and too, the, which was the offside. Yeah. The offside call. So, you know, there were some opportunities there, but you know, Chelsea are, and Conte has said this a few times. Chelsea are just on a different level than we are at the moment. They have they have built the thing that we are building 
currently right now. So I, I think that plays into it. Also, you look at the bench. Who's going to play for Kane and Lucas? You put Delhi and Scar and Dane Scarlett in there, and like, then it's obvious you're throwing the tie, <laughs> right? I mean, it's so. Yeah, I, I think there's definitely something to be said for, <clears throat> excuse me, for players like Dane Scarlett and Harvey White and Maxim Piscotzi who were on the bench today, um, because they haven't been on the bench at all in any of the games that Conte has has taken part in. So. Um, yeah, outside of Dayton Scarlett, I think he's been on there a couple of times, but I, I think there's definitely was kind of a, a stake planted in the ground of, we are building something and we want it to start with finishing top four this season. And there are players that are more important that, that do need to get minutes. We saw Brian Heal come on. We saw Brian, Ryan Sessegnon come on and get some minutes. And I think that's part of the reason that Harry and Lucas were playing is to, to keep that match match sharpness because they only played what 15 minutes against Morecambe uh, at the weekend. So that, that I think is kind of my line of thinking um, that, you know, rest for the players who need it and match sharpness for the players who maybe want it or need it uh, is more important than sending out the kids to get battered by this Chelsea team. Yeah, I, I I think all of that's pretty fair, Caroline. I I told you I'd come back to you. you. You said you had some 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 thoughts on the actual game itself before we kind of move on to big picture stuff. So feel free to 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 drop your takes, drop drop those hot takes, and and we will uh, we'll cool them off for you, I guess. <laughs> Actually, my thoughts were less about the game itself and more about like the big picture. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> well, let's, let's dive in on those then. I mean, that's, I think, yeah. because I think that, uh, you know, as a whole, I think that's where we need to start talking. Like, you know, as Spurs fans, we look at, we can look at this game and look at the tie last week and, you know, it, it is what it is. It's over. It's dust. It's done and dusted we kind of move on to looking at what Spurs have lying ahead. So, so let's go, let's, let's br bring those on and we'll use those as a, as a jumping off point. So my first thought really was that it feels like the new manager bounce is officially over. We are out of the honeymoon period. Um, and I think you could probably argue that that new manager bounce never really extended to some of like the more rotational players. Uh, even if you go back to like the NS Mira game, like, there was no evidence that they were feeling, you know, rejuvenated and energized by Conte. Um, but now it seems like even some of the first team players are sort of, you know, struggling uh, just to just to get up for the game. Um, and that really concerns me with having the North London Derby this weekend, because mentality was such a huge issue the first time we played Arsenal this season. And now we're going to be coming off of this like absolute shambles of a cup tie and I, I'm just like terrified that the team's going to go out on Sunday and have the same sort of like lackluster first half that they did in the first Derby. And I don't know. I just feel extremely nervous about it now. It's interesting. You bring up a new manager bounce because I actually, um, you know, I look, I'm not one to, I, when, when, when Conte came in, I was the only one on this podcast and this is, you know, before Caroline had the fortune to join us, us, us lot. Um, so she didn't, she didn't, have her say on this but i was the only one of of the rest of us schlubs on this pod that was kind of like i'm not so sure about this antonio conte signing and that seems like a weird thing to say because obviously he's one of the best managers in the world and 
why wouldn't you want to bring Antonio Conte? And I was pulled more to the side of, of, you know, our regulars, Dakota and Scott and throw Todd and Shuban in there as well. And, and I, I, in the last week or so, I've found my first kind of opportunities to really jump and be critical of the, the selections that he's made and the choices that he's made. And I know that Scott has kind of, I, I think felt similar to, to, to this in the last, at least in the last week or so. And, and specifically to like the selections today. Now, a lot of this I think goes down to Eric Dyer is out and not available. And that changes the entire back line. And that also speaks to the lack of depth that Spurs really have within their squad. Because when you change one little thing, a lot of other parts go to shit. Um, and if, if Reggion is out for some period of time, we, again, we still don't really know what's going on there fully. Um, it, it, if it means playing Matt Darty on the left and it, if it means switching up the midfield and, and doing weird things, but Scott, I'll, I'll bring you in on this because with the new manager bounce, you know, as Caroline says, kind of officially done with, and I agree with that. Is is there room in this last week to start to be skeptical skeptical of Antonio Conte, or is this a more broad picture thing? No, I mean I don't think there's really any reason to be skeptical of Conte. I was I think when I saw the lineup today at the surface, I was very irritated and wanted to know why he was like seemingly throwing the game right, but. I think my if we find out that Reggion isn't available, I understand the need to play Doherty today for sure. Um, if we find out that for some reason Hugo couldn't play today, of course I understand why Golini did, right? Um, well, the, the the Hugo thing was a was a pure. I mean, Conte revealed that it, it was it was a rest thing. He wanted to rest him for the the many games they had, and he thought that that for some reason that Golini deserved a chance. At least that's what he told well, me. Well, I mean. I don't think that – I in some sense, I understand Galini. You know, you, we have so much to do in this tie, like whatever. Um, but I still just think Hugo would have made me feel like he was more invested in, in winning today, right? And we're only down 2-0. I mean, it's not insurmountable, right? Um, we were in offsides and two pen calls away from doing it, right? So I think um, – until we know firmly what's going on, I don't want to speculate too much because he's absolutely just fucked when it comes to depth. And we don't have Dyer. There's still people who I love dearly named Ricky who are still acting like Dyer sucks and is like not important. And I just don't know what else you need to put in front of Ricky for him to understand the situation that we're really missing Eric Dyer. Love you, Rick. He's Seattle, Seattle Spurs board member, but um but you know we're missing him big time. We have we have no commander at the back, which really hurts us. I mean, Sanchez is just a deer in headlights. He has no sense of like controlling what's happening around him. It's okay. I mean, not everybody can be that guy. You can't have eleven guys telling eleven guys what to do, right? Um, but we're missing Dyer big time. It's not a knock on Sanchez, but he just can't do what Dyer does. Um, Tanganga is just absolutely fucking battered when it comes to confidence. Like he's a, he's an okay player, but his confidence is just just bad and then ben davies has been about as ben davies as good as ben davies can be asked to be right i still don't think there's like an issue there but he just played a shit ton of minutes too um he's not getting a rest right and that's important to point out because that rcb and lcb are asked to work pretty hard right um and neither of those guys are getting a rest right now either so kind of have to look at that but you know I, i'm not ready to, to fall conte i mean conte is in my opinion 
one first or second top manager in the world, right? Him and Pep are right neck and neck. And I, and I think, you know, for us to be criti- critical of him would be a little bit silly at this point. Um, we're just, we're just a squad that continues to underperform. And now that we have that, have seen the manager bounce wear off, we're just kind of back to being a pretty shitty team, right? Which I don't really think anyone should be super surprised about. I mean, we've got guys like, for example, we, we like Tongi, we know he's done, right? And I'll go on a bit of a rant here. LaCelso, again, today, just no, we can't do it. Like, it's not going to work. Um, we have Hoybier, who his head has been up his ass for a month now. Like, I'm seeing takes on Twitter, and I don't know if I'd have to watch the goal back, but that he's like as responsible for Galini for the goal, you know, and I don't know. I have no idea, but I'm just like seeing Twitter live at the moment. I don't think he's played well for a while. I understand why Skip was rested because we're we're prioritizing Sunday, right? Um, remember last time we played Arsenal, Skip didn't play. Like that mistake will not be made again. I assure you of that, right? He will play on Sunday, and that's why he didn't play today. But ultimately, we just got a bunch of shitty ass players who who we think who we thought were good at one point. Like remember when we all got excited when we signed Doherty, but. You know, we're just we're just right back to this to this place, and maybe that was just because we needed a right back so bad that we were just so happy to have signed one, right? But I think, regardless, the manager bounces over, and we're just back to being a pretty poor team, um, and that showed itself evidently, right? Because we're missing Dyer. Um, well, listen, still- we're not we're we're not just missing Dyer. If we were just missing Dyer, back three wouldn't be an issue because Cudi Romero would step into that middle spot, and yeah, everything absolutely. would be fine. But missing him exacerbates the entire thing and that is i i think i i don't obviously i don't know antonio conte personally but he kind of seems why do like we even type, have you on this podcast yeah, but. <laughs> he he kind of seems like the type of manager that is sticking with this back three and playing these players you know in air quotes or inverted commas for you you english people out of out of position to prove a point hey I need another center back if we're going to make this work. And, you know, I, I think that the way Conte wants to play, and we saw it today, and we saw it last week, and we've even seen it in, I think, the last couple of games, is we need just more quality in that back line with the center backs and the wing, wing backs because they start the play and they are in the middle of the moves. And in some cases, they're required at the end of the moves, you know, talking about the wingbacks. So I, I think he's kind of hoping to prove a point here of, okay, we now know I've been here two months, you know, he's, and they had this, this meeting uh, a couple of days ago. We I've been here two months. I know who's good and who's going to work out in my system, who can do with that, what I ask them to do. And we know who needs to go. And I think he's kind of further putting the pressure on of, okay, I, if you just to make sure you know, here's the on-field result of what happens when we try to work with what we have right now. I mean, I don't think I don't think you're. I'm not disagreeing with you, but I like I don't think he's like defiantly playing Tanganga over Rodon. Like it's clear no, no, that no, no, no. Trust in Rodon, and he's not defiantly playing Doherty. Like he has no one else to play there. So right, right. Um, yeah, I mean, so I'm not disagreeing with you, but he also really has no choice. He's not even really making a point. He's just doing what right. he has to do, and the point's like proving itself. Right. right? That's the po- that's the point. Yeah. yeah. The, the only the only choice the only choice he really made today was it was in goal, and 
you know, if you read some of the post-game quotes that are coming out, he actually kind of compliments Galini. He says he thought he played a decent game. Um, he says he made the decision. I think Galini played a good, good, good game. We had to try to think about a situation much more important than this, which I think is another key. And that's one that I know Dakota is going to harp on because, you know, Dakota has been on, on the bird app all day tweeting about how, uh, how Sunday is more important than the game was today. And, and yeah, to an extent, I, I agree with that, uh, in the context of, you know, big picture stuff. I, I think the thing that, that the other quote that's come out here, um, a couple of them really from, from Conte in the post-match. And again, we're, we're recording this podcast here. It's only about 45 minutes to an hour after, uh, the final whistle. Um, he says Chelsea deserved to reach the final talking about the, the, the two different levels of the teams in every aspect, hundred percent agree on that. Um, and then the other quote he he has in here and I'm paraphrasing, but he talks about the fa- the simple fact that when Spurs in the state that they're in right now, lose one or two or three players from their starting 11, it is impossible for them to be the same team because they do not have the squad depth. Caroline, obviously we're in the month of January. I know that means something, but will it mean something by the end of the month is I think the, the, the broader scheme here. And if, if the manager continually comes out and says these types of things, you know, Dakota is saying he, he's, he's playing these guys kind of to prove a point. And I get what, I get what he's saying. He's not doing it on purpose. He's not playing guys that wouldn't give the team the best chance to win in defiance of anything, but it's kind of proving a point just that this team doesn't have the squad depth, right? Yeah, I think he definitely made those choices out of necessity regarding the lineup today. But one thing I was thinking about during the game is that when we did appear to be having that new manager bounce, we had like our ideal team, you know, everybody was available. So we were able to implement the system that Conte wanted with the players that he wanted. And now that we're going through this adversity of like having players, you know, I, I think some of them, it's been recovering from COVID. That's just speculation, but that's kind of what it seems with some of the players who didn't appear to be injured, but have been, you know, missing missing games or coming in as subs only. Um, and then also, of course, you know, the actual injuries that we can't do anything about. We're sort of starting to see that, you know, Conte's system, which worked fabulously in those few games where we were really flying, um, you know, some of the, per- the personnel that we have that are more of the squad players, they just don't have what it takes to implement it properly. So I'm not someone who is usually like harping on the ownership and the board, you know, with the transfer window. But I feel like if they do not have a plan to, you know, quote unquote, back him, as they say on Twitter, <laughs> uh, then like, what are we doing here? Because I know y'all were talking about how you were first feeling when Conte came in. And my feeling was kind of like, I guess a feeling of wariness just because we had gone through the Mourinho experiment. That's where I was. It's like, we've got, you know, this perception that a top, top manager is going to come in and like magically fix everything. And in the first few weeks of Conte, like it kind of did seem that way. Cause like I said, we had, you know, that perfect lineup that was playing week in and week out. Um, But he's not a miracle maker. And that's kind of what my worry was, is that we would get to this point where, you know, one or two key injuries or misses and we're back in the same boat where we're just not good enough. I'm, I'm super uh, glad to hear you say that because it's it's kind of right in line with where I was. You know, Conte can come in and, and he can change some things and change some some attitudes and some tactics and 
figure out what players would work best in, in certain situations. And he can do that on a short term, but for the long term, it does take investment from the board. And when I say investment, I'm not even just talking about financial investment. I'm talking about in terms of scouting, in terms of development, in terms of all of these things that that Spurs have kind of dropped the ball on in the last handful of seasons, because let's be honest, I feel like focus has been elsewhere from from the chairman. I mean, he's been he's been building a stadium and branding and doing all of these things. And I think we hoped that the appointment of of Paratici would be the delegation needed to to focus on the football side. My problem with that so far in the and granted in the short term, because it's been less than a year with Paratici on board, but some of the, the players that he's brought in already we're seeing are just not good and not and not cut for the long term. I mean, hell, we we we've spent ten minutes collectively bitching about Golini alone on this podcast, and he's you know, he was one of, of one of Paratici's first signings. I, I kind of this thought crossed my mind the other day that I wonder if because uh, Golini looks he, <clears throat> he seems to be a guy that everybody gets along with in the locker room seems to be just like a fun dude that everybody kind of gets along with and I part of me wonders if uh, Paratici brought Golini in to help Cootie adjust sooner knowing that he was just going to ship him right back to uh to atalanta that's you know that's just a theory but i i'm i'm not concerned about the in air quotes again lack of business being done um in january so far you know we're, we're 12 days in and everybody's like we're why are we not signing players you know we've got aston <laughs> aston villa have signed felipe coutinho and luca dean and we're struggling to give wolves 20 million pounds for a Domitro, right? It's like, okay, that how long was Aston Villa working on those two deals? You don't know. All you know is that they were announced, especially Spurs fans. Like, do you follow Aston Villa's transfer rumors? Or do you, you know, no, you don't. Or do so, you know that, that Coutinho might have a certain relationship <laughs> with a certain guy that manages them? Right, like, exactly. Yeah. There, so, there could be, could be something related there. Yeah, I don't and, know. And just throwing that out there. <laughs> also, Fabio Paratici is is famous for going after free contracts, um, which you know happened in the summer. He is kind of the master of the deal, and he, he likes to get them all done at one time. You know, he's he works on everything all at at once. So, I think you know. I, Again, I don't. I have no actual inside information, but I do have pretty strong intuition. So take take that how you will. But I I feel like next week, you know, two or three signings will be starting to pop up and gain some traction. This sounds like a Scott prediction here because that no because that's how that's how Paratici works and that's yeah that's the deal. Antonio, I will I said it when he came in and I will say it again and it's. Even ESPN is reporting this now, which, <laughs> you know, we've got some rep some reputable news outlets and ESPN reporting this thing that I said last summer. Antonio Conte is not coming here unless he has been promised 
X amount of dollars will be spent or X amount of players will be brought in based on his judgment. And that's what's going to happen. Whether it happens in January, which is when it's super difficult to make things like that happen, or in January when it's a lot more favorable, we'll have an entire year of stadium money uh, coming in, hopefully some Champions League uh, finishing place money coming in and we can uh, we can spend all of that. But Antonio Conte would not have taken this job if he didn't be- actually fully believe, like probably saw the books, <laughs> that he was going to be able to be backed and to build a team that he could rub in the face of Jose Mourinho he won a trophy with that he didn't. <laughs> because that's uh, like... I would say that's 20% of the reason Antonio Conte took this job is because he wants to win a trophy with Tottenham Hotspur and rub it in the face of Jose Mourinho. Dude, honestly. Good and, for, and good for us. All, all very well said, Dakota. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, 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 go ahead. Oh, it's all good. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to – all I was going to say – I was going to banter our own club quick, so I'll, I'll be quick, but all I was going to say was – when it comes to the transfer window, the best advice I could ever give anyone is like, be patient. And if you can't just go support a different club, because the decade of being with Tottenham has taught me that if you, if you follow by the day, even you're fooked, just like, just chill out. And you'll know when we sign someone because someone will tell you, and it doesn't happen very often. So just relax. And if you want signings all the time, there is a lot of clubs who fucking swim in signings. Villa, Leicester, like you'll get signings by the by the by the day at those clubs. But at this club, it ain't happening. So um, we're back to to right where we are every January, which is the absolute twilight zone. Nothing matters, Caroline. I'll pass it over to you. <laughs> I mean, I think y'all are both right that we have to be patient. Like, it doesn't necessarily concern me that we haven't made a signing yet. If we get to maybe closer to, like, the 20th or the 25th of January and we still haven't seen any, like, solid activity happening, that would be concerning. Uh, I think the only problem with being too patient is that, I, I mean, I feel like our last few seasons have been just this continuing cautionary tale that we're watching other teams like the Aston Villas, which I can't believe we're saying that, uh, you know, strengthening when we have not been necessarily. And my concern is that if we don't bring in at least two or three players to strengthen and help us get to the, our top four target at the end of this season, it's going to make the summer even more difficult to bring in, you know, the caliber of players that we really want. Because if we have, what would this be, the third season without Champions League football? you know, we're not going to attract that top talent. So that's that's my only concern with we have to get somebody in to make sure that we do get top four because it's definitely achievable this season. Oh, I, I totally agree with you. I, I look at this whole transfer thing kind of two different ways. On on the one hand, you know, you've got the, the, the carnival barkers on Twitter who want to say you have to splash cash, you have to spend money, you have to show ambition, you have to – there has to be a war chest, you know, all these – fucking buzzwords that get thrown out all the time that I just roll my eyes at Um, these, you know, these Twitter aggregators and, and I call, they're more like Twitter agitators if you ask me, but honestly, 
that's kind of what Spurs did when they went and signed the two midfielders that everyone is bitching about constantly and in Dombele and Lacelso. So do you want them to, to, to sign players like that and maybe have them not work out and then bitch about them two, three years down the road? Or do you want them to be more cautious and more kind of selective in the players that they recruit and bring in now to that end? And this is the second part of that point. I don't know if it's, and everybody knows how I feel about Adama Traor. We went on a, a quite the rant about that about a week and a half ago or so, but if they are going to bring in Adama Traore, I think there is a, a conversation to be had over whether or not you spend 20 million pounds and meet that transfer, you know, that, that request from Wolves right now to bring him in in January, or if you save 20 million pounds by just waiting to the summer and signing him on a free when his contract is up. Like, I think that's a conversation to be had if you if, if that's the player that you want to go after. Is he is he a player that's worth just dropping the 20 million pounds and bringing him in now? Or do you wait and just go grab him in the summer for free? Those are the kinds of cautious, you know, let's dip our toe here and splash the puddle there. And, and let's see. Those are the kinds of moves that Spurs are always debating. And I just I don't know the answer to that because I don't know. I don't know where. Spurs brasses when it comes to all of that kinds of stuff. It it'd be next summer, just for the record. He's got eighteen months left. Oh, okay. That, that that's my fault. You're, you're you're right. It is eighteen months. But but still, the Can't, price. The let's let's be honest though. If you waited until the summer, or if you waited even until next, well, you wouldn't wait until next January. If you waited until the summer, the price would be lower than twenty million. It wouldn't still be twenty million because you know there would be less time on the contract. Yeah, probably. Um, you know, the, an interesting example of that though is, is Franck Kessier, uh, at AC Milan. We were trying to ship Tongi to them on loan and pay his wages if they would give us Kessier in January, really February, cause he's gone at AFCON, um, rather than waiting to the summer to hopefully sign him on, on a free which, you know, this Tongi situation is going to be, I, I was just going to bring uh, him up. Yeah. Cause it, Antonio Conte had a. I was. I'm glad, I'm, glad, I'm glad you've got it. I'm glad you've got the quote because I yeah. was going to mention it. Um. Yeah. I'll. I'll read it. Go that, for it. Please cool. do. Uh, yeah. So, please. Conte was asked about Tongi's admission from the from the squad, and he said it was a tactical decision. But before I made the decision, I don't make this the, the decision if I don't consult the club first. There is a club line, and I have to follow the club line. Yeah, and credit uh, credit to Sky Sports for that interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we can that's that's a, that's a quote there. <laughs> and what the quote is saying is that Tongi and Dombele is not going to play another minute for Tottenham Hotspur unless every single midfielder is injured to the U18s. Uh, is, well, or or unless the club has decided he needs to suck it up and play because they don't have a buyer for him. I honestly. I think they'd eat the 200 grand a week and let him sit on the bench or sit, sit at home. Uh, look, I know you said you don't know Antonio Conte. Do you know Daniel Levy? Uh, I do know Daniel Levy and I think he gets a bad <laughs> rap for stuff like that. And I think he hundred percent would let Tongi and Dombele sit at home for 200 grand a week. Yeesh. Yeah, it is. That's a big yeesh, but it's, you know, I, I, there is a certain point where having someone around does more damage than good even if you're paying them 200 K a week. So uh, I think that we've, the club has reached that point with Tongi and Dombele. And, you know, that is, that's a really unfortunate situation. You know, him and Gio, you know, I, I don't think 
for a second that Gio is anywhere near that. I think Gio is going to continue to be in and around the squad and he's going to yeah. get Yeah, I mean, Gio and, started today. Yeah, so, um, but, you know, we talked about, you know, these two signings that, again, haven't worked out the way that we thought they were. But it was really bad timing to sign those two guys. Uh, we signed two Mauricio Pochettino players, and then we fired Mauricio Pochettino right. four months later. And, and by the way, let's throw Steven Bergvine into that too. Yeah, uh, yeah. Stevie B is um, – I think that's a really unfortunate situation. I think he has not had really good uh, hand dealt to him in his time in N17. And I think that a move back to – uh, to Holland would be a really good move for him. Um, and I ask if anyone from the club is listening to this, because I know that you do uh, feel free to send Ryan Gravenberch our way. Yeah. And we're, a deal we're big Steve in the TV. Netherlands. Let me tell you, please just do it. Trust me. Trust me, bro. It's a good deal. It's a good move. Send us Ryan Gravenberch. You get Stevie B. Yeah. I, you know, it's, um, the the questions around but 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 again it goes back to those th- those questions I, I was asking before it's like do you want spurs to splash cash and be ambitious and then be disappointed when the recruitment side of it didn't work out two years down the road three years down the road well, like like it like it has been the case i mean this club has always been has always 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 been successful signing that like 10 to 20 million dollar player you know and i guess that is always like fluxed as inflation, you know, and then the market change, right? But just you guys get my point there. Um, we've really always struggled with, with anyone who's like, who is a, a, a large, comes up with a large fee, right? And like Dakota said, Tongi and, and Gio were both really well suited for Pacha's system. And, and, you know, we all know what happened. But ultimately, this club has a long history of not spending well when it comes to like that top tier of, of signings, right? Um, but we do spend. Let's put that on the record. We do spend. And I think we will continue to spend. So I think the only if we're if we're gonna like even speculate at all on transfers, there's four positions we need desperately. It's it's a center back, a center mid, or a wing back on the right side, and a striker. Right. We're gonna get probably. I said that on the last episode. Two of those four in this window, maybe three, but I expect to bring in two of those at least. And for me, if we get in a center back and a center mid. Like I can live with our decision making. Like the the Adama thing has legs, right? And and that doesn't align with what I just said at all. But we got to get a we got to get a center back in, and we got to get a ball progressing center midfielder. And it's 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 imperative. Like Harry Wings can progress the ball. Ph doesn't do a good enough job of it. Skip is not going to be asked to do it. It's not as going to be his job, right? Um, we've got to get a ball progressing center mid in. Somebody who breaks the lines and takes risks. And Winks can do it, but he's only one person, right? So for me, a center back and a center mid are crucial. We're not going to get the striker this window is, is probably where I would like stand firm, right? We're not going to get a striker unless Harry Kane's not a part of this team. Let's just be, let's, I've been saying that for years that let's just call a spade a spade. Go ahead, yeah, Kyle. Con- the, yeah, go ahead. My concern with not getting a striker in this window is that I think if we don't act strategically and get in early to get one of our top targets, like they're going to go to another team. And, you know, in the summer, we're going to be in the same boat. And I don't know. I think we need to act more quickly in that position. Cause to me, when Harry's not scoring, it's like, what? <laughs> 
I don't know. And especially with Sun being out, I'm just like, who's scoring the goals? <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, my only concern is our targets are like 70, $80 million guys. And I, I'm concerned that's our entire budget for the window. Well, I, I, my, my, my concern with that has always been our targets are guys who look at this team and say, why the fuck am I going there? I'm not playing at all if Harry Kane's on that team. That's always the problem. The, the, the We're going to play with two strikers. Yeah. I think. But, but okay. So, Conte, so then you, Conte so then said that selling, if we. Conte are you said selling that if we will, son then? No, never, ever are we selling Hyungman son. Antonio no, Conte said if we want to compete for what we want to compete for. We have to sign another striker that's on the level of Harry Kane. And, you know, I'm assuming it's on the level of Harry Kane this season and not like normal. So, and the the good news about that is I think that there are several options that would be acceptable for us to to go after. Um, you know, Vlahovic is the one that's getting all the all the, the attention, all the traction. But if he if he's wanting 300k a week, you know, that team from Woolwich can pay him 300k a week because he I don't I don't think he's gonna live up to that. Um, you know, there there's another guy in Syria that's scoring at a higher rate with more non penalty goals and a higher non penalty xG uh, than Vlahovic. He plays for Sassuolo, uh, and he's gonna be available for a lot cheaper. Um, you know, there's Charles de Clatier, um, the the Kelletier, sorry, uh, plays in Belgium, who's very promising. You know, there you got Alexander Isak, who's not really performed this season. Uh, you could probably get him a little bit cheaper, but all of these guys are are available. And I think it's just, do we want someone who's younger and can play alongside Harry and learn from him or do we need to go get someone in the vein of a Latoro Martinez to come in and and hook it to the veins now and, uh, and send it honestly none of these options even sound like a thing to me where, where the hell is Fernando Lorente at this point like that's that's the guy you need because you just need a veteran who knows he's a backup or if you're talking about a young guy I believe we have two or three of those in the system already Dane Scarlett Troy Parrott you know well, Honestly, man, I if if we want to talk about why we can't sign a striker, I mean, I've 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 said it before too that it's tough to sign a striker with Kane, right? But you look at Aguero; it was never a problem in City. And I think, like Dakota said, if we want to compete for what we want to compete for, you need another another prolific striker like that, right? Son is not a son is prolific, not always a striker, right? But you need a second prolific striker if. If, and I say that very definitively, if we can't bring someone in to play alongside Kane because Kane refuses to be limited with minutes, well, then shame on you, Harry Kane, because you have all these comments about the club needs to be more ambitious. Well, that comes with you limiting your minutes, bud. You know, and if, and if, if, if we can't sign a striker because Kane gets in the way of that, well, then again, shame on him. And I don't even want to hear that shit. Like, if we want to win the Premier League, we need to sign another striker. If we want to get top four this season, we need a center back and we need a ball progressing center mid. Otherwise, as we've seen over the past 10 days, we're fucked. This club needs those two things right now to compete for top four. And then this summer, it's got to get a striker. Like, and a wing back has to come in somewhere, right? Um, but and well, which, on which side, though? The right. Because 
Oh, okay. right side, totally. But, well, well, I I'd have questions about the left at this point too. No, man. Regulon and Cess are fun. That's, okay, but, yeah. but where number one, where is Region? And number He's two, tired man. Is Cess <laughs> tired? He had COVID, dude. Honestly, I bet he did. Like he 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 he's, he doesn't have COVID. He was literally sitting on the bench on Sunday. He's tired. I mean, he was well, not necessarily that he has it currently, but recovering. Yeah, exactly. yeah. That's my point. Yeah, could he have had it and is just recovering from it? Like. I, I don't know. I hate to speculate about those kinds of things, but I think that yeah. as, as I continue to, to harp on the depth, the depth, the depth, that's, that's the biggest problem with this club. And, and frankly, I, I know you guys are wanting to talk a lot about a striker and that's fine. And Danny, I, I actually think a backup striker still remains like the fourth or fifth, or maybe even sixth priority for me on this in, as, as a whole with this team, because I, I don't think it is. I, I think the Harry Kane problem remains, you know what it is it's that and and scott your point is is valid and i i I really even agree with it like if harry kane's not going to limit his minutes for a guy that they want to bring in to 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 spell him at times yeah shame on him but also he's he's harry mf kane like what what are you gonna you know he's he's a club legend on all that stuff and blah 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 like what are you gonna do are you just gonna say sorry harry this guy he's he's gonna give you a like there are bigger fish to fry is I guess my, 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 my standing point when it comes to this squad. Well, I, I personally am glad that Scott said that about Scott, uh, sorry about Harry needing to do what's best for the team. Cause I think really that's the situation we're in is we need the whole squad buying in to the long-term picture. So if that, like you said, if that includes Harry having to step back for certain games, like, he has to be ready to do that. And when it comes to like the other positions that we're looking to strengthen in, I'm sitting here thinking about, okay, we get in that central attacking midfielder. Is Harry then going to, you know, revert to playing like an actual striker <laughs> instead of doing this like false nine thing that he's been doing where he's like never in the box when he needs to be. I don't know. So I, I still have some like bitterness towards Harry from earlier in the season. I, I'm still I working think- through <laughs> I think that you and Scott are, are on similar, if not the same exact page there. I, I, and I don't, I don't blame either of you for that. I just think that the club is, I, I think the club will cater to Harry Kane. And I think that's a club problem. And I think it's a Harry Kane problem. And I think it's a combination of the two. And again, I, I, I still think that that's something that that's a bridge that will be crossed when, when it, when, when the club gets there, but I don't think they're there yet. And I think, I think the other places for depth uh, in this team, center back, wing back, midfielder, even though there are a plethora of them right now that just don't seem to want to work out. Um, I think those are places that, you know, that really need the strengthening. Um, look, the, the transfer talk is fun, guys, and we could do that for another three hours, but we've got obviously a big match on Sunday to talk about. Um, our, our Arsenal, <laughs> like what else is there to say? I don't, I you know... I never look forward to a North London Derby. And I don't think that this, you know, going out of the Carabao Cup, that doesn't, I guess, damper this this entrance into into another weekend where we get to have a lot of dread for 90 minutes. Uh, it doesn't damper it any more for me than, than I already would have been dreading it. But I know as a collective, Spurs fans as a whole will feel a lot worse about this Sunday than they would have had Spurs either 
shown up at all or god forbid progressed past chelsea in this tie right dakota yeah for sure um andrew let me let me try to ease your your nerves real quick and hopefully i don't jinx us as uh as Shuban would so vehemently say that's what i'm doing <clears throat> um but there hasn't been a a double done on either side of this rivalry since oh, like 2013 yeah. you know what you're gonna need to get muted again <laughs> well you know it's this is kind of the way this is the way i think a good rivalry is yes you know is there's, there's two teams draw- that are equally a shambles <laughs> yes yes um you know i i will stand by we are in a better position to move forward than they are um but they're on a roll right now but it has been no they're not i think it's been very much ruined by afcon uh along with all their their covid cases hopefully they're they're not trying to take advantage of the system like liverpool did um but but we'll see but yeah i I think they're gonna have they're gonna have quite a depleted team on Sunday, and they're gonna have to and they're playing a day later. So I hope that we're able to take advantage of that. And uh, I think you know, like Scott said earlier, I think it's imperative that Oliver Skip plays uh, on Sunday because he in that midfield um, is becoming more and more obvious that he's the guy that we need, kind of running the show there. I also think, I think that Eric Dyer is going to be back on Sunday. I think he was rested on purpose today um, to be ready for for that push. Um, I think Reggie never thought I'd say, but God, I God, I hope so. <laughs> I think Reggie's gonna gonna be back on Sunday. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Stephen Bergvine on the bench uh, either. But you know, I think Sunday In is or gonna... for Spurs. Yeah, if he's still with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's an, you know, that's a, an angle to this whole Steven Bergvine, uh, situation too, is he could have been left out today cause he's flying to Amsterdam tomorrow. Ooh, um, let me ask you this Dakota, because I know yeah. this is, this is a good question for for you. Um, who, who plays in midfield with skip? I would love for it to be Harry Winks. Uh, I think, so. I think it is, I think, a, a skip winks pairing in midfield, um, ticks a lot of the boxes that we've been wanting to see out of the midfield. However, Harry Winks just played 90 minutes on Sunday against Morecambe. Um, He played, what, 80 minutes today. So I think that'll maybe be an assessment situation on Conte to see if he's Did fit he enough. To go 90 today? Yeah. He's still going to be fresher good. than most of Arsenal's midfield probably. Yeah. no, They have two. And one of them is an academy guy. That's just get you've been getting his first minutes. So, yeah. I I think we see a a, a uh, revision back to the the uh, three four three. Um, and I I think Brian Heal is going to get a start out on that left hand uh, wing where Sonny normally plays um, on Sunday. So, could be fun. Yeah. Could be awful. Could be. We'll fun. have to wait could and be. see. Could be fun, could be awful. That's I, I think that's the episode first. title there. <laughs> could be fun, could be awful. I I will say too, like I've I've been fucking around a little bit today, right? I tend to do that when we just put out a, a dud of a performance, right? It's I guess it's 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 my thing, but 
it's not all bad by any means, right? We're, our league form solid. We have all these games in hand. Um, I look back. No, hold on, time. hold on, though, Scott. I, I'm, I'm gonna stop you there for a second. You say all these games. We have two games in hand. It's, it's two, enough, man. It's enough it's, to make an impact, right? We've got two, two games in two hand. Game, it's two games on Arsenal. Uh, granted, it's three on West Ham. Have right? we ever had three games in hand on like ever? I don't think so. Well, so. but 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 one of those games in hand comes up next week, midweek against Leicester. So. You know, like I, I hear well, what you're saying, but yeah, well, so my, my my point is though, we've got these games in hand, our form's good. Last time we played Arsenal in the league, right? Not not in the Carabao Cup, certainly. But um last time we played Arsenal was probably like the low of the low point for me when, with Nuno, right? I like I walked out of the bar in the 60th minute, like told the Seattle Spurs crew, I was just like, I'd had enough. And I just stood outside. I, I was there till, till the full whistle, but just had no interest in watching and Skip didn't play. I had no concept of why that was. Like I said earlier, it was just, it not only was it the worst performance we saw, but it was also the worst performance from the manager as well. Right. And so all that to say, if we come out and beat the shit out of Arsenal on the weekend, some things are forgiven from these two Chelsea matches, certainly, right? And I think, like I said, and like Caroline said, and like Dakota said, top four is alive and well and good, right? We need to make some serious moves in the window, but Dakota has said it all day long, as we said, Sunday is more important than today was. So, yeah, today's today's just like laughably stupid. It's like, whatever, I've moved on already. But I think um, I will – I did ask the question in the group chat, right, it, is – is there no universe in the multiverse where Tottenham can win a trophy? And we are certainly running out of opportunities to, to, to learn that, right? It just, it always happens. And today was just another example of, of us falling just short and, and we're just very used to it. Right. So I think we're all capable of moving on quickly and, and remembering that top four is alive. And I think if we're being honest, top four is about the best that we can expect from this group. Right. And I think we all know that. So I guess we just go after it. Right. But it's not all bad. And all that rant to say, if, again, if we come out and, and put up a good performance and get three points on Sunday, I think, you know, things look pretty good and we kind of forget about today. So. No, I, I think all of that's fair. And, and to Dakota's point from earlier, you know, talking about Arsenal being on, on form, they were on form until they, you know, got their their kind of somewhat unlucky result against Man City on, on New Year's Day and then got their ass bounced from the FA Cup against Nottingham Forest because they wore white shirts. So they deserve everything that's coming for them. And and then, of course, as he mentioned, Thursday, they play their uh, their first leg of their League Cup semi against Liverpool um, and because that one got backed up. They'll play uh, tomorrow, Thursday and then the following week as well. So. Um, Caroline, I know we're, we're all looking forward to, to, to this match, um, but there's another match to, to look forward to for Spurs fans as well, right? Yes. So I think about 15 minutes after the uh, North London Derby ends, the women have a London Derby against West Ham. So I'm really looking forward to this one because we narrowly lost to them in the reverse fixture at their stadium. Uh, they had a 1-0 win. So it's time for revenge. And... You know, speaking of the women's team in this universe, they still have three chances to win a trophy <laughs> um, because they are in both cups and they're technically I would have to check. But I think we're like five points behind the league leaders, maybe. I mean, that's yeah, not five. as realistic as clinching that 
you know, third Champions League spot, but it's still possible. You never know. Chelsea and Arsenal are both slipping. So. Yeah, you're right. Five points off, off, <laughs> off top. So um, it is something to certainly look forward to as well. And for those of you who want to bask in the glory of a, of a Tottenham Hotspur victory over Arsenal in the North London Derby on Sunday and continue the good vibes, just flip it over to the women's match against West Ham. That should be fun. Uh, we will certainly be on board to uh, talk to you after all of it on Sunday. We'll have another podcast for you, and uh, I'm sure many of many of the folks stateside will be basking in NFL playoffs and those kinds of things, but we'll have your Spurs fix as well. Uh, this has been a fun one, uh, even though you know the result wasn't. We, we still get to, to, to rap about transfers and the like and where this team goes from here and kind of – the status of it all. Um, but uh, for, for, for Scott, who is at DSM Spurs, Caroline is at CG Stefko. Uh, Dakota is at Dakota J Booth. I am at a Stetka. Uh, you can follow us at Tottenham Depot on both Twitter and Instagram. Be sure to, uh, to give us a follow and also on your podcast platform of choice, leave us a rating and review. Um, Spotify allows that now. I know you've always been able to do that on Apple. Uh, throw us a bone, throw us a five-star rating. We've, we've all been, been good to you. So, uh, be good back. Uh, we love hearing the feedback and, uh, and reading those, those comments and reviews and, and having you guys chime in on the socials. It's always fun for us. So, uh, go ahead, Dakota. Oh, uh, I was just going to say, uh, regardless of how Sunday goes, we would love to hear what you think. So head over to the anchor, uh, anchor link in our profile and leave us a voicemail. And maybe we'll let you sound off on the podcast. Yeah, no question. And also uh, keep eyes out for a bonus pod coming in the near future. I'm just going to tease it by saying that there is a bonus pod in the works. Uh, It's not in the can yet, so I'm not going to confirm it, but uh, it is on the way to you. Um, Just a little bonus content for folks out there to uh, to keep an eye out for. So that's something to be aware of. Uh, For Caroline, for Scott, for Dakota, I've been your host, Andrew. As always, come on you Spurs. Thank you so much for stopping by the Tottenham Depot. Thanks to Scott Bird for our intro music, as well as the tunes you are hearing right now. Thanks to Dakota Booth for our artwork. Thank you as well to our spouses who put up with our obsession with this football club and for all that they do. And thanks to you, the listener, who really makes this happen. Supporters make this club, and you, the listener, are what make this podcast possible. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Tottenham Depot, and as always, come on, you Spurs.